startups can be crazy fun, you know, in an insane sort of way. In fact, it's insane. Maybe we are all insane. What's shaking? Welcome back to All In. I'm your host, Rick Jordan. And if you're listening to the show and you get value out of it, please share this with at least three people today. Share it with three people today because that's the only way we grow and help more people. We don't advertise. We don't do anything. This is with your help, and I'm asking for it right now to share this with three people. And especially for all of your female friends today because... If you know anything about me and have listened to my show, I am a huge proponent of women, especially women in business. And I have a treat for you today because I'm speaking with a writer, author, and speaker that was a happy freelancer that turned that into a successful entrepreneurship role. But here's the kicker, as a single mom. So if you're listening today, you know a single mom or you are a single mom, this show is for you because today I have Jan Cavill. How are you? I am great. Thank you very much. Thrilled to be here. I'm so excited to have you. I I hope your intro did you some service because and portrayed my excitement so much because I'm just a single mom who decides to just jump into this craziness that we call entrepreneurship. You know, a lot of people think that you, people like you and me are insane to begin with, right? <laughs> that we have a screw loose. <laughs> but but then here, here you are in this situation that most would say that you're just doomed for failure from the start, right? And how did you feel? What, you know, where was that that shift for you to where you're like, I'm jumping into this. And were you a single mom when you made that decision? I was, yeah, absolutely. I was uh, not a new mum in that my kids were sort of eight and five. Uh, I was a newly single mum and newly, absolutely, really, really broke. I was on uh, sort of social support and struggling, to put it mildly. And, you know, my options were really limited to, to provide for the children. You know, it was a question of, do I go out to work and then there's daycare and, you know, yeah. always there's fortune or uh, do I just stay on social forever and ever and not be able to do all that much for them or do I try and start something to generate a better life for us? Uh, and initially that was just literally me at home trying to do a, a bit of a sales operation to, to put food on the table optimistically in the beginning. You know, no, no desperately exotic ideas at that point, but, but just to, to be able to keep us together, really. Yeah, I hear you. I can relate to that a bit too because my twins were born when I jumped into entrepreneurship. You know, I, I was a new dad when this happened. And the struggle, when they say, hey, to make money to put food on the table, that's yeah. a real thing. <laughs> That's a very real thing to think about, especially when you're caring for other human beings that can't care for themselves. Definitely. Definitely. So, it's a, a huge responsibility, you know, and you've got nobody to fall back on and you've got, you know, this, this limited this amount of money to feed them and you are sort of, you know, working out how to stretch a cauliflower in five different ways or whatever, you know, and it's, 
It's really tough. <laughs> we'll put your secret <laughs> recipes in the show notes on how to stretch a cauliflower into five different ways. Okay. <laughs> that sounds like a new book you should write, Jan. <laughs> yeah, it does, doesn't it? I don't know where that came from, but it's a good title. I shall try. <laughs> it really is a good title. See how these things happen. I, I like that. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> so you're a happy freelancer. That's how you, how you write yourself before you turned into an entrepreneur. Well, what's the difference really between a freelancer and entrepreneur to you? Because there, there has to be if you're calling yourself two different things. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I think planning to have a proper business that was is going to stay around for a while is a bit more than I was doing as, as a freelancer. Uh, you know, when I was freelancing in my late teens and early 20s, I have to say that I was just avoiding doing a job and just getting some money to go to the pub with or whatever, you know. And uh, there were no, no great, I'm going to have a business forever and ever. So, it, and, and, you know, there were very few restraints on freelancing in those days. I mean, I know you've got the same thing as we have over here, a lot of fighting up on freelancers going on at the moment. In those days, you could freelance, you know, just think of doing something today, do it for a few weeks, you know, drift off and, I mean, do whatever, do some selling for a few people or, you know, sell sandwiches or whatever. And you do all these things and, you know, then put it vaguely together at the end of the year with some receipts and hmm. it into the plan. And that was roughly all the red tape there was to it. So it was terribly free of responsibility life. Which I loved. I mean, you know, I was I was nineteen twenty. It was not yeah. and I came up and go traveling. You know, sure. It sounds like the, the freelance thing. It's almost like you're just going from gig to gig, and all you're really concerned about is like the next gig. Would that be accurate? Yeah. Absolutely. And and if it, even if need be, if I could put enough money together to go traveling sooner, you know, so it was always balanced because you know I wanted to do lots of things. Um, you know, I was still free and free, single and childless. So, uh, you know, enjoyment was high on the list. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> That's a, I, I hear you because as an entrepreneur, you almost kind of suppress the enjoyment, right? To, to a certain level because you're like, oh, the hardship, bring it on. Yeah, there's, there's certainly a, a certain amount of that. Though I have to say, in, in the first 10 years I had the business, or maybe year two, shall I say, to year 10, I, you know, I had a whale of a time. We had so much fun. Um, so, you know, and it, was, it was later on as I tried to scale it and to, to some extent scale it, but it did definitely not become fun. Yeah. Uh, startups, startups can be crazy fun, you know, in an insane sort of way. It's quite this insane thing. Maybe we are all insane. <laughs> I think we are a bit, you know. <laughs> but at the same time, I think there's almost a certain level of insanity to want to try to help so many people. You know, because yes. it's um, it, it's outside of the norm of thinking, right? Because if you're doing a job, yeah, you've got your family that you might care for if you have a family uh, working during the day and that's about it. But we're always, as entrepreneurs, we're typically focused outside of ourselves. Would you agree? Yes, I do. you have to be. There's so many people and factors to take into account, you know, from your customers, your 
people who are working for you or your subcontractors or the, and the you know people at home and you know you it, it's one of the dangers isn't it you get lost along yeah. the way it sure is and you start to diminish your own self-care in the process yes. so i've been guilty of that so many times oh me too you have as well yeah I mean, with, with twins it must be such a challenge yeah they um they turned 14 yesterday my twins you know so i started this uh 14 years ago and yeah. my youngest is 11 and it's just a, it's been a fun ride and it's been awesome to see them see yeah. the the trajectory that i've been on too you know how do your kids feel about what you've done because it, they were eight and five at the time you know it's been probably a couple years since then at least yeah i mean well yeah it's just a few <laughs> <laughs> um you know they, <laughs> i'm not even gonna do the math but quite a few <laughs> i think uh you know i think they've both gone on to be very career-minded very independent people um you know one's got their own business one's gone off to australia to lead a new life and you know despite the fact we run up enormous uh hours on skype or wherever um but but you know they i think the bits of them that would have rather had a normal family i think if i was going to be dead honest but equally they've obviously inherited those traits which is Give them an independence, which I'm glad about. If whatever they think. <laughs> oh sure. You know, it gives them that choice of, of where to go in life. For sure. You know, how do you think they felt in the thick of things? You know, especially because they, they were eight and five at the time. Let, let's pretend that they were fifteen and twelve now. You know, in in that age to where obviously they have quite an independent attitude. And yeah. yeah, and here's mom doing all these things, right? How do you think, how did they fare during that time period of their lives and yours? An interesting question. Uh, I think they were fairly troubled, I think, uh, and, and had, a, had a hard time in comparison to a lot of kids coming to terms with life in different ways yeah. um, you know, they're quite different but, but you know equally were competing for their own voices and their own spaces and and in some ways it's hard to by that time I was beginning to build a business and beginning to get sort of on a smallish scale well you know better quite well known and it was a quite a big umbrella for them to to try and find this independence though they, they did manage it <laughs> <laughs> I think they were bucking trends to, to try and get out from the under the umbrella quite a bit from an early teenage yeah. <laughs> For sure. And uh, there's so many more options because they see here's a, a mom, you know, here's our mom who's so very independent, you know, and I'm sure my yeah. kids look at me in the same way, but I try to involve them in, in a lot of what I'm doing too, just to keep them. I mean, they're very interested in what I'm doing, but I understand, you know, because it's, um, it's a different life period and it's definitely a, a different life that you and I live and all entrepreneurs mm -hmm. live to try to incorporate family into what you're doing, you know, and, and still at the same time achieve this mission because like we were talking in outward focusedness that we have, 
it's not even just about our family. It's about everybody else because we've got people, employees that we take care of, that we feel responsible for. You know, so if there's not revenue coming in, it's the questions, oh, well, how am I going to make payroll? Because yes, my family is first and foremost, for sure, <laughs> first and foremost. But then it's like an extended family. It's like, well, all of my team, all of my employees have kids too. You know, so if there's something that I do where I mess up, that's going to have this ripple effect down the line and I'm affecting so many people in a negative way. So let's try to figure out how we mitigate that, you know, cause now it's just not one set of teenagers. There's like 18 sets of teenagers that are looking at me. Uh, you remind me, I had a stage when I was, was growing this business and I guess I was sort of 30, 35 because by that time I, you know, on the payroll and Somebody suggested organising a, a day's fishing. Well, I don't fish, but, you know, with a barbecue and, you know, a few beers and socialising and bringing families. And, you know, it sounded a lovely idea. But, I, you know, they, they were organising it. So I came along after it started. I've rocked up to these two sort of fishing ponds, series of fishing ponds, and there were people everywhere. And children, I couldn't even count how many children. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I mean, I just thought, this all rests on my shoulders. But all these people and all these kids who are going to be homeless, in trouble, or whatever, if I don't make success of this, and it completely took my head in, far worse actually than when I was just starting, because that was just, uh, I've got to do my kids. Yeah. But so it's just huge, as you say, so many people to be responsible for. For sure. Oh, I tell you, Jan, all these thoughts and emotions that are coming up now too, you know, just thinking about that because I'm starting to feel that, that weight, even as we talk, you know, and it's, we're, we're taking some big jumps, right. And moving a lot into even greater things this year, you know, like multiple hundreds of millions of revenue is the type of business that we're building now with acquisitions and everything. And now it's like, I'm in, it's almost kind of like, I feel like I'm adopting more kids. <laughs> in that, in that yes. aspect too because as we acquire companies like there, there's two right now right that we're, that we're, we're in diligence with you know and going to close yeah. soon and there, there's there's those right now that i'm looking at the people that are coming with them you know and they have families now too you know so it's, yes. it just keeps going bigger and bigger it's like adopting these people and being responsible for more and more but then also helping them understand that well there's mutual responsibility that exists here you know, yeah. so I'm just going to tell them to come talk to Jan. Is that okay? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, you know, I, thought, I think it's fascinating that, you know, but, but that's how you feel as well. You know, it's, it's such a connection, right? Because I absolutely get it. Yeah, I hear you. One thing that's really cool about you that my team dug up, and I don't even think this was on your intake form, right? Uh, you were chosen to be one of the first 50 female entrepreneurial uh, entrepreneurial ambassadors. <laughs> wow. I know <laughs> Normally, I'm, <laughs> Normally I'm pretty good with my diction, but that one got me today, you know, and I've said entrepreneurial a million times. See, there, it just rolled off my tongue again. But anyways, you were chosen to be one of the first 50 female entrepreneurial ambassadors to represent the UK and Europe. <laughs> Well done. You got it. Yes. I'm awesome. Thank goodness. I don't have to say it again. <laughs> so, yeah, First, that's incredible. You. Congratulations. And what, what was that like? <laughs> it was, it was an amazing experience. You know, that was me and I hadn't, you know, as you got it by now, I had serious business experience. I didn't come from corporate world or, 
anything like that and never ex expected to have a, a decent sized business. So, you know, all of a sudden being selected for those things, you know, somebody got hold of my name and in it from a local group of high flying businessmen and then put me forward. I, I don't know how it happened, but I was chosen, but I, I did anyway. And the government selected 50. They selected more later on, but they chose this first 50. And uh, we had to, we were charged with getting the sort of word of entrepreneurship out there. Because at this step stage over here, we were slower than the States about catching on to entrepreneurship. And it wasn't that well known, you know, but we're only just starting BTB programs or anything talking about entrepreneurship as opposed to business. And, you know, nobody thought it was possible for them. You know, it, it wouldn't have occurred to people. Well, it's still positive in some parts of Britain, but unfortunately, uh, you know, we seem to be reversing. But it doesn't strike anybody for us at 15 that they could actually have done this journey. You know, so we were particularly charged with talking to schools and colleges and business groups and putting it as an option. I mean, it's not for everybody, but actually saying, you could do this. Yeah. <laughs> Look at me. You could do it. And, uh, you know, so that was exciting. And, and seeing, you know, some light bulb moments come on. And we also went to the European Parliament and met up with our sort of fellow people uh, in all the other countries that we got a feel of how they did, what did entrepreneurship and how they approached it, which was culturally fascinating. You know, I think well, I remember one of my strongest memories, which was quite strange, was, I mean, it could have been a complete coincidence. I don't know if it's reflective of the culture or not. But there was all of us, this, you know, made sort of huge chunk of the European Parliament being taken up by women only. And the contingency from Albania, apparently their speakers or speaker had lost their voice and they had to have their husband in there to speak for them. Wow. And I thought... Did she really? Really interesting. That was a while sure. ago. Um, but, but yeah, it was, it was fascinating looking at all the other countries and hearing the different challenges. You know, and from that, I became more involved with you know, other business groups encouraging enterprise in Britain and also with another one for women called the Global Influence Forum, I think it's called. Um, you know, which, which again operates on a global basis, encouraging women's voices, you know, which is, is a great honor to be involved in things like that. For sure it is. No sure it is. Yeah. So when, when you were speaking to the, these groups of people and you're saying, hey, you know, I'm just like you, you know, there's, if I can do it, you can do it. You know, do you ever notice sometimes that it, it's a little bit more difficult to be relatable to them? Because at some point in time, you've achieved a certain level of success, right? And yeah. the, the people you're meeting in that moment have seen nothing about you up until that point in time. None of the, none of the struggles, none of the, none of the being the single mom, none of having the eight-year-old and five-year-old when you launched this. How did you make yourself relatable when you were encouraging everybody? I think it was, I mean, it was a real challenge, I think, for, for lots of reasons. And I probably failed quite often. I, you know, I think it was easier when I got out to 
more national business groups or further away from where I was based, because where I was based with the company I had, it was a very industrial area and very unionized and very masculine dominated, you know, but the women were sort of in, in very British terms, power inside. Yeah, um, not quite your premium out. audience, right, yeah. <laughs> for what you're doing. Yeah. You know, and, and so while I was probably odd to start, well, odd in lots of ways to start with, but, you know, odd to those that's someone doing this, you know, I was even odder there than anywhere else, you know, and people didn't get it, didn't relate, I don't think, at all to, to understand it or where on earth I'd come from. Yeah, I hear you. Sometimes I don't know if you've ever seen the movie The Matrix. You know, with yeah, uh, yeah and, and it's almost like a lot of entrepreneurs are kind of like Morpheus, right? And saying, "Here, take the red pill or the blue pill." Yeah. And there's a lot that want to take the blue pill and just want to go back and and live the life. But it doesn't stop me at all because I know that for every 100 blue pill takers that I find, I'm going to find one or two red pill takers. And that's really what I'm going after, you know, because yes. it's, um, which is awesome because, and even these two groups are, have very synergistic effects too, you know, mm-hmm. because if we have, if we have the crazies like us, we need some of the same people around you know? <laughs> <Very> <laughs> in some ways or another, but yes, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, but, so, but you're also right in saying it is incredibly rewarding. I remember doing a small group of, of this sort of thing, at a, setting it up in the local town and thinking, you know, this is crazy because we're probably just bashing our head against the brick wall. But, you know, I got some business people I knew from the county to come in and, you know, to be available as possible mentors and invited anybody in the area to come along with any business ideas. And incredibly, you know, that very first evening we opened it, you know, there was a business there with who were planning to start a, a repair business for mobile phones. Um, you know, which I think was specifically iPhones, but cheaper and you could get your Apple to do it. A dealer to repair your phone for, so, you know, very popular thing to get done. And ironically, I'd asked a mentor who was into that sort of thing and he invested and the thing went, uh, took off from that evening. And, you know, you were thinking, you know, and I watched him start employing people and you were thinking, wow, you know, just... To have done that, you know, I've done something worthwhile in my life to, to, to have been able to pass that on. That's incredible. That is incredible. So somewhere along here, I was reading, and correct me where I'm wrong here, but you had this amazing entrepreneurial journey, and then you went back to being a writer, right? Yeah, I did. I mean, I got to the stage, I think this is one of the interesting things about entrepreneurship that people don't talk about. That of course you start off uh, all filled with enthusiasm and you might be in your 20s or whatever. And if you hang on to it, because not everybody has a sensible exit plan, you can get to the stage of burning out or, you know, wondering what you're doing anymore. Oh, oh wait, sorry, that's my antivirus, which is saying we start now, we start later. I do beg your pardon. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. 
My, my primary business is cybersecurity, so it fits, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. I'm sorry. <laughs> just Restart later. No, we never tell our clients that. Oh, six hours ago. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, where, where, where are we? I mean, it's terrifying. You were talking yeah. about it's interesting, you know, yes. that there's a certain yeah, point if you don't have young. a... And this, uh, you've caught my attention big time because if you don't have a sensible exit strategy, you will burn out. Yeah. And particularly for me, I mean, you know, I've fallen into this business not with a great love of manufacturing. It must be said, I mean, I never thought, wow, I must be a manufacturer. You know, so I was doing it for the children and I came to love the people who worked there in the early days and care for them and their families. Uh, you know, but once it had got bigger and everything else, the kids had left home. I didn't have that why anymore. Yeah. And I kept on thinking this is a sensible thing to do. I must go to work today. Oh, I don't want to. I really don't want to. Of course I must. But don't make say, put yourself together. And, you know, that, that's a recipe for burnout, if nothing is. So, yeah, in the end, it just got all too much. Sure. Uh, it was after 20 odd years, so I had a good run. I don't know. I don't know if it, I'd call it giving up. I would say that it's more like a transition back, right, or, or transition forward into something because that's when you wrote Scale for Success, right? It was a little bit after that. I mean, yeah. I, I was severely burnt out, so I sort of did absolutely nothing for a few months. But then I'd been writing articles which I loved. You know, I always wanted to be a writer when I was a kid, and so you know, I'd been writing these articles for stress relief, really, for a digital business publication for years. And, uh, you know, so when I had more time, I thought, well, you know, I'm not not missing a business, but, uh, you know, shall I just retire? I don't think I'm ready for that. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, then I thought, I could write. I've always wanted to, you know, so why don't I give uh, the idea of my childhood dream of writing a book a go? And really, you know, it took me a while because I wasn't quick about it to work out. But, you know, logically, the thing I knew about was business. And with the entrepreneurial stuff, I'd done a business book to help other people, you know, was was a pretty good guess to where to start. So, yeah, I I started off with this thing and decided to see what I could do. And to my amazement, I'm published by Bloomsbury, which is... uh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations on that. That's that's phenomenal. So <laughs> where do you go from here? That's <laughs> there you can help me. I am I don't know. Like why are you doing you know, podcasts? Why are you guessing on podcasts? You know, <laughs> it's a, it's a <laughs> well, you know, it's it's difficult. I mean, I can you know, I'm still talking about the book. Hopefully it'll be around for a little while yeah. longer. It's not tired from the States till next week when we're speaking, so possibly we'll be out by the time anybody's listening. But you know, it hopefully it will be around a bit longer. And I think there's some amazing wisdom in the book. Not not from me necessarily, but I had a lot of help from brilliant entrepreneurs who will just share astounding stuff. And, you know, I really think that that's going to help people. I hope it is, as well as entertainment. Uh, and so I'm, tra- I'm going to try and get the message of that out for a little while yet. But, uh, but yeah, it's going to have to be 
what to do with five five cauliflower five, a cauliflower five ways for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's your next book. We came up with it on the show. Yes, <laughs> split a cauliflower five ways. <laughs> well, Jan, your your book is. Uh, Scale for Success, and that's in the U.S. as of July 6th, correct? You're absolutely right. Yes, Tess. Phenomenal. And uh, where everybody can find you is on Twitter at Jan Cavill. Is it sp- Do you pronounce it Cavill? Cavill. Cavill. I'm sorry. Jan, C-A-V-E-L-L-E. I was looking at that. Yeah. And uh, your website is jancavell.co.uk. That's it. Yeah. I'm so excited for this to come out, and I can't wait to see some of these things that you're writing about. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, it's been my absolute pleasure. It's been fascinating, and I'm and, um, full of admiration for you having twins. I think that's amazing. I don't know how you cope with two at once. <laughs> at that point in time, it was just. I didn't know any better because they, well, were, they yeah. were the first, you know, so you just did. And they were boy, girl, and I couldn't have asked for anything better for real. Yeah, but thank you for being vulnerable today, too, and opening up. I'm sure it's going to help a lot of people who are going through some of the things that we went through. Thank you for being on. My pleasure. My pleasure. I really enjoyed chatting to you.